World War III, precursors to the mark of the beast, open borders, worshiping Satan, world government, world religion, and carbon controls to stop you from growing your own food. Well, these are today's headlines proving that we are in the end time and we will analyze these news stories and much more on this edition of The End Time Show. Well, good afternoon, everybody. I'm Dave Robbins with End Time Ministries. Thank you for joining me on this edition of The End Time Show. I want to thank many of you for sending prayers my way uh, because I was sick all last week. I had strep throat. Doug and Vince did a fabulous job uh, covering for me and their position as well. So I want to thank them for that. And wow, I went through it. My back went out. It was crazy last week. But I told uh, Vince and them, I said, you know, I wonder if God had a conversation with Satan about me. Because you remember Job chapter 1, the Bible says the sons of God appear before God to give an account. Satan was with them and God said, hey Satan, have you considered my servant Job? And then of course look at all Job went through. Well that's what I felt like last week. Did God have a conversation with Satan about me? And said, hey Satan, have you considered my servant Dave Robbins? And uh, because man, it was just one thing after another. But I'm on the back side of that. We had a great conference up in Justin, Texas uh, this past weekend. Signed up a lot of Bible studies. We had a great conference in Gun Barrel City uh, the week before that. And so they've got their, it looks like they're going to have about 40 at their conference. And if you'd like, at their Bible study. So if you'd like to participate in that Bible study, um, get a hold of the church down there in Gun Barrel and they can, uh, they can get you set up or everything or call in time and we can get you the uh, information and everything. I think it starts this Thursday night at 7 o'clock. And so, man, it's going to be a bunch of people doing Bible studies. We've got them going on all over the world. And that's what we are designed to do, is to build the kingdom of God, that Satan's, cre Satan's kingdom will decrease, and that we can increase the kingdom of God. That's what this is all about. Now, my goal today is to use current news events showing you how we're in the end time, just prior to the second coming of Jesus Christ. We are in an eternal quest every day, Doug and Vince, myself, and many others, to find news stories. And it's easy. I was telling our staff this morning at our prayer and devotions that I can, you give me any major news source, and I can find usually not just one, but many news stories that pertain to, world, to um, end time Bible prophecy. It's easy to prove we're living in the end time, but only if you understand Bible prophecy. If you don't understand Bible prophecy, you're stuck. So, with that said, let me go down through a lot of these different news stories showing you, using current events, how we're in the end time. Zero Hedge come out with an article, Eight Signs That Demonstrate How Truly Bizarre Our Society Is Becoming. And oh, is it ever. You remember back in the movie, um, The Wizard of Oz, for those of you that watched this, I mean, it was way back, way, I watched it as a little, little kid, The Wizard of Oz. At one point, Dorothy tells Toto that she has a feeling 
uh, Toto, we're not. In, I don't think we're in Kansas anymore. Well, she had been dropped in a new, strange new world that was crazier than anything she had ever imagined. And needless to say, many of us feel exactly the same way, right? What happened to America? Where's the America that I grew up in back in the 60s and 70s and 80s? What happened to that? Well, we're not in the America that we grew up in anymore, everybody. We now live in a country that appears to be a, a, a cross between a, 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 almost a really bad science fiction movie and some kind of freak show. And sadly, the pace of change has now reached an exponential rate. You're going to see that as I go down through some of these stories. And it looks like things are going to get more insane during the years that are just ahead of us. So let me see. Well, let's use many of these events to prove that we're in the end time, okay? Now, before we get into that, let me mention First Cup Coffee. You know, you can imagine, so much going on in the world, we're essentially working around the clock to keep up with everything. We are energized and motivated by our God-given purpose, but it's nice to have a good, fresh cup of First Cup Coffee in the morning. I mean, these guys are a Christian-owned Patriot Coffee Company out of the great state of Texas, 11 different roasts to choose from. It's really good coffee. And I, I just got to tell you that me and Doug and Vince, are, uh, most of our staff here is coffee drinkers. We all love it. So go to firstcup.com, use code ENDTIME to get 10% off. If you subscribe, they'll give you an additional 10% off. So go to firstcup.com, use code ENDTIME to get 10% off today. Now, let's talk about some of these current events that are going on in the world, proving we're in the end time. Precursors to the mark of the beast. Revelation 13, 16 says this, And he causeth all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand or in their foreheads, and that no man might buy or sell. It's going to be economic sanctioning. Save he that had the mark. So they're going to try to economic sanctioning individuals to get them to bow down to the edicts of the Antichrist and his world governing system. That's what the mark of the beast is all about. Well, one of the precursors we're watching right now is facial recognition technology. It's now being implemented on a, on a widespread basis. For example, the official TSA website is openly admitting that the TSA is starting to use facial scanning technology at airports nationwide. DFW right out here, the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex uh, Airport, they have it. TSA introduced uh, facial recognition technology into the screening process at these select airports, and the facial recognition technology represents a significant security enhancement and they say, well, it improves traveler convenience, right? Come on. Traveler, it's nothing as convenient as it was back in the 70s and 80s when I was growing up. Just handed me a driver's license and walked through the thing, right? No big lines. You, people could walk into the, to the gate and see you off. Well, a, a traveler, they say, may voluntary, uh, voluntarily agree to use their face to verify their identity during the screening process well, when I do it now, I put my driver's license in. I just did it the other day, and he, the guy says, align your face up with the camera. I didn't have, they didn't give me a choice. I just did it. And people can use this now by presenting their physical identification or passport, or they can choose to um, use the facial recognition. So the facial recognition technology that TSA is using, they say it helps to ensure 
the person standing at the checkpoint is the same pictured on the identification document, this credential. But photos are not stored or saved after a positive ID match has been made. So except uh, in a limited testing environment for evaluation of effectiveness on the technology, that's the way it works. So the agency is using second-generation credential authentication technology, these scanners as travelers enter these screening processes. And this technology assists transportation security officers in verifying the authenticity of a traveler's uh, credential as well as their flight status and vetting status. Man, if we just do down at the, that down at the border, be over with, wouldn't it? At least our border crisis, or at least we would, it would greatly decrease it. But TSOs must direct all passengers to the proper lane um, and these pre-check things, screening things, standard for screening and enhanced screening. And these CAT-2 units are currently deployed at nearly 30 airports nationwide and will expand to more than 400 federalized airports over the coming years. Say, what's this got to do with the mark of the beast? A, it is identification, digital identification to control the populace. Facial recognition photographs is just one. They want to get a control of, they, they really want a global ID where everybody's in a global database. That way they can track you all over the world. Then with central bank digital currencies, they can track your finances. And I mean, they want you in a total digital system. They want to be able to pick you out. Hey, we're looking for Dave Robbins. He oh, uh, works at End Time Ministries and he's been saying this on the radio. And they want to be able to pick me up if I'm in Israel, if I'm in Europe, if I'm up in Branson, if I'm down in South Texas. They want to be able to pick me up immediately. It's, it's, it's absolute control. You're never off their radar. And that's exactly what the Mark of the Beast is designed to do. The Mark of the Beast is a mark that they will put on you, on your right hand or in your forehead, and without which you're not going to be able to buy or sell. It's economic sanctioning. So these, these facial recognition photograph sensors and different things that are being placed in these airports, it is a precursor to the eventual digital ID system that will be used to economically sanction individuals into compliance, i.e. the Mark of the Beast. Number two, the elite want to make national borders meaningless. Well, of course they do. They want to create, they want to do away with all the borders. Europe, the European Union is the, that is the model of, wor of world government in the earth today. They've done away, all the European nations, European Union nations, have done away with their borders. No more tariffs. You, I, can, I could raise a, a, a field of corn in Rome, or I, I should say in Italy, and go, drive all the way across Europe and sell it in Germany if I want to. Because there's no borders without a passport. You can drive all the way throughout Europe. No passports. They've done away with their borders. Because, again, it's the model for world government. You can't have borders and people protecting this and... And uh, they want, uh, they want, they're trying to create a global state that answers to a one world governing body. That's what they're trying to create. Strobe Talbot, he was president of the Brookings Institution from 2002 to, man, I think it was 2017. He was the former deputy, deputy uh, secretary of state for Clinton. And he said that it's, it, it, he said it really clearly in an article he wrote. The title of the article was The Birth of a Global Nation. 
in other words, one global state that answers to a world governing body. He wrote that article back in Time Magazine in July of 1992. He said this, and I'm quoting, in the next century, the century we're in now, nationhood as we know it will be obsolete. All states will recognize a single global authority, and that's the goal of every globalist, along with the United Nations, is the removal of national borders and the creation of a single global community which answers to a world government. Now that's the goal. Now, for this to happen, nations who are in compliance, Israel's never going to do this. Look at what happened when they broke through Israel's southern border uh, along the Gaza Strip. And they came in and killed 1,200 and some people and uh, took uh, like 240 some hostages. You got to protect your borders, right? Or you really have no nation left. They can come in and destroy you at a whim. Well, nations need to throw open their borders for this globalist ideology to come to realization. Well, that is exactly what the United Nations is pressing for, you guys. Consider the United Nations Global Compact for Migration. They're the United Nations is the seat of world government in the earth. The Bible tells us about an end time world government. Revelation 13, 1 and 2. And this is exactly what's happening. The United Nations Global Compact for Migration. Uh, according to the United Nations own website, the Global Compact is a significant opportunity to improve the governance, the world governance on migration and they say to address the challenges associated with today's migration and to strengthen the contribution of migrants and migration to sustainable development. The sustainable development goals is um, the United Nations socialistic blueprint to govern the world. So there are 17 goals. Goal number 10 of the United Nations sustainable development goals is to reduce inequality within and among countries Goal 10, and then they've got little um, targets underneath. Goal uh, target 10-7 of that goal is to facilitate orderly, safe, regular, and responsible migration and mobility of people, including through the implementation of planned and well-managed migration policies. The Sustainable Development Goals, the United Nations Socialistic Blueprint to govern the planet. And in so doing, they want to govern the migration of people around the world. So to do that, you've got to fling your borders wide open if you're in compliance with this. Now you know what's going on on the southern border of the United States. Essentially, the United Nations wants to even out the inequalities among countries through the movement of people around the world in an orderly fashion. And this is a necessary step to the implementation of global socialism because the United Nations is a socialistic entity. The Bible tells us the end time world government will be a socialistic communistic entity, a red beast. Well, Andrew Arthur, he serves as, the, as a resident fellow in law and policy for the Center for Immigration Studies. He describes it like this. He says, look, and I'm quoting, he said, were the United States to continue in the global compact on migration, and were that compact to push to achieve the Sustainable Development Goals, which is exactly what it's doing, this, the United States would essentially have to implement an open borders policy to even make a dent in the inequality among nations. Now, I want you to understand, 
during the Obama administration and now during the Biden administration, tens and tens and tens of millions of people have come across our border. I don't think they fully realize how many people have come across. I was down in Westlaco, Texas two or three weeks ago, maybe four weeks ago, and the pastor took me and my wife down by where the, the, a lot of people are coming across. Folks, they're simply coming across, getting new backpacks, new tennis shoes, getting some clothes, and getting on a bus, and they're going all over the United States. They're not vetting any of them. You don't know if it's a, who it is coming across. It might be a, 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 a you know, I mean, I, I, you name it. Who knows who's coming across? Many of them, many, and a vast, an overwhelming amount of them are military-aged males coming from all over the world. Now, talking about world government here, the Bible's very clear there's going to be a world government that the Antichrist will eventually usurp authority over. That's what we're talking about right now. It's already in play, guys. The global compact on migration is to be used to implement the global management system, the sustainable development goals. That's why the United Nations decided to end participation, I'm sorry, the United States under the Obama or under the Trump administration decided to end our participation in the UN process to develop a global compact on migration. Once Trump, once the Trump administration recognized that more global governing restrictions on the United States, that's what they were doing. They, they, under the Trump administration, we pulled out of the global compact on migration. And they said, we, the United States people, will say who comes into our country. Well, guess what? The Biden administration, of course, has signed, um, has, they now fully support the globalist global compact on migration. Now you know why we have our problems at our border, a totally, basically an open border. Yeah, everybody's asking, man, why won't Joe Biden, uh, the President of the United States, the Commander-in-Chief, why won't he come down here and protect our southern border? Because he's doing what he's told by the United Nations. He's not going to protect it. Matter of fact, he's fighting against Texas's effort to protect our border. It's the government's job, but yet Texas is having to take up for what our government is not doing because Joe Biden who is a globalist, is doing exactly what he's told. And folks, this is just one more proof that we are living in the end time under the reign of a world governing body. Now, I got many more, but let me first go talk to you about Burt's Gold really quick. World government, these enthusiasts, I just talked about world government, they want to impose these digital currencies and digital IDs on the respective populations. And it could even allow officials to prohibit you from purchasing certain things or to even freeze or seize part of your bank account. It gives these central banks more control over your finances. Well, there are some concerned Americans that are diversifying their assets into physical gold with the help of Birch Gold Group. If you want a physical asset held in a tax-sheltered retirement account, go to birchgold.com slash endtime to get your free info, info kit on gold. It, maybe you've got an IRA or a 401k from a previous employer just, you know, gathering dust. Well, Birch Gold can, offer, can help you convert that into an IRA in gold, and you don't have to pay a penny out of pocket. So go to birchgold.com slash endtime and claim your free info kit on gold, because if digital currency does become a reality, 
you may want to have some gold to fall back on. All right, so let's keep on going here because I've got tons of proofs that we're in the end time. Revelation 13, 4. The Bible says, in the end time, and it's talking about the world government here. The Bible says the dragon gave it its seat, power, and great authority. But in Revelation 13, 4, it says, and in the end time, they worshiped the dragon, which is Satan, which gave power unto the beast. Now, I used to think when I, when I read this years ago, I thought, man, there's no way people are just going to straight out. I mean, there might be some weird satanic uh, fringe things that worship Satan, uh, maybe in some weird secret societies and all that, right? I thought, there's no way they'd people do it right out in the open. Oh, man, have I been proven wrong, you guys. Worshiping Satan proves we're in the end time. There, there are television shows now that are being produced. One, one, there's one about Satan. It's called Lucifer. That Lucifer comes out of hell uh, because he's bored. Now, this, listen to me. Satan is the enemy of your soul. He wants to destroy you. He wants to destroy your family, your friends, all your sphere of influence. He wants to see all of us burning in hell for eternity. But yet Hollywood is making him out to be some... Um, good-looking guy that comes out of hell and uh, has a halfway normal life. Folks, no, no. You can't, no, we can't be any part of that. Nobody, nobody should be watching this Lucifer mess. I wouldn't watch anything that has to do with the devil. Anything. And that's almost all of television nowadays. A 2022 cartoon called Little Demon. It was a show about a mother and a daughter. But here's the problem. After, listen closely at this stuff, you guys. This is a cartoon. After being impregnated by the devil, this reluctant mother and her antichrist daughter attempt to live an ordinary life up in Delaware. Okay, y'all see what I'm saying here? Normal, trying to bring, that what, what society, much of, many of society is trying to do is to bring Satan in as a good guy, but they're trying to crowd Jesus out of society. They're trying to bring in and glorify the one who wants to kill you and see you burning in hell for eternity, but yet they want to push the one out of society who died for you so you could spend eternity with him. Oh, don't pray in the name of Jesus. Oh, don't say the word of Jesus here. Don't mention Jesus uh, in this certain circumstance. Oh, no, no. No, don't, don't, don't. Jesus, uh, we can't mention him. But hey, let's have, let's worship Satan at the Grammy Awards. Remember back in, so I think it's um, at uh, 2020, the 2023 Grammys. They dressed as devils and uh, they performed, uh, these guys performed a hit single, Unholy. And now I didn't see that, but many said that the performance literally looked like a tribute to Satan. And then I just read an article before I came here that in 2022 at the Grammys again, there was a guy named Little Nas who paraded around on stage in some kind of demonic photos and did a demonic thing. Now that's 2022, 2023. Well, listen at this. Last night at the 2024 Grammy Awards, there's a singer named Olivia Rodrigo. 
She performed another satanic themed. This is three years in a row at the Grammys. She performed a satanic theme song. Get this, it says, to the delight of the crowd. She started off by rubbing blood all over herself, including her face, while singing about a demon vampire sucking her blood. Then the walls started to bleed. Now she's at receiving some kind of, she's at a Grammy Award benefit dinner, or whatever they're called. And I don't watch this trash. Never will. But the fact of the matter is, is she was talking about a vampire that was sucking her blood, a demon vampire, and then the wall started to bleed. And the crowd loved it, you guys. The Bible says in the end they will worship Satan. This is something you absolutely not, should not be a part of. But are we in the end time? Boy, you better believe we are. The crowd's clapping. Yes, worship Satan, sing about Satan, this demon vampire, and do all, dress up like Satan and rub blood all over you. Now, who does this kind of stuff? This stuff used to be done in secret back in some secret societies and junk. Now it's being done at the Grammy, Grammy Awards three years in a row. They're, they're, they're making Satan to be a good guy and Jesus Christ to be a bad guy. And that's the exact opposite. Satan is the enemy of your soul. Satan wants to see your children in hell for eternity. And yet they're glorifying him at these awards. I, folks, I, I, this a society, it's went crazy on us. You remember a guy named uh, Michael Cassidy? Well, he was the guy that, was, that beheaded the statue of Satan at the Iowa Capitol. Well, now, get this. He's being charged with a hate crime for doing that. He, what the guy did, the guy's name's Cassidy, drove up to the Iowa, um, drove up to Iowa after that satanic display was erected on the state capitol, and he took it down. And he, now he's going to be arraigned on February 15th. The Polk County prosecutor, prosecutors charged Cassidy with felony third-degree criminal mischief, saying that he acted in violation of the individual rights under Iowa's hate crime statute. Now, you understand a, a hate crime carries more of a sentence than a regular crime. So let's say uh, somebody commits a murder. They get X amount of a sentence. But if somebody commits a murder and they can, they can prove that it was a hate crime, what was going through the guy's mind? Oh, he hated the person. Well, he gets more of a sentence. It's thought control. But with this guy, he went up and took down a statue of Satan at the Capitol in Iowa, and they are charging him with a hate crime, you guys. Number four. And you say, well, nah, have I proven to you that we're in the end time yet? I've got a bunch more of them. I've got the, I can do this all day long, you guys, because we're in the end time. Every major news story that's in the news right now pretty much ties into Bible prophecy in one way or another. God knew exactly what was coming in the end time, and He wanted His church not to have blindfolders on, but to be able to understand it and know how to navigate these waters just ahead. And that's what we're helping you to do on The End Time Show. A voice spoke to me and said, I've got something I want to show you. I was so sure God had talked to me, and I was stunned by what I saw direct fulfillment 
of this over 2,500-year-old prophecy. The United States will stand with Israel. Why haven't I ever seen this before? One-third of humanity will die. What do these beasts symbolize? The lion, the bear, the leopard. The combined beast from Revelation 13 represents the end-time government of the Antichrist. Understanding the end time. Now streaming on End Time Plus and available to order at endtime.com slash UET. Go to endtime.com slash UET or call 800 End Time. What if you could understand Bible prophecy? Dave Robbins, the host of the End Time Show's TV and radio programs, is holding a free prophecy conference near you. Gain peace and understanding about what the Bible says concerning end time prophecy. Call 1-800-END-TIME or go to endtime.com slash events to see when Dave will be in a location near you. You know, everyone, I was talking to our staff this morning and I was telling them that my father-in-law, Irvin Baxter, many of you know him, he started studying this stuff back in 1964. He was 19 years old. A guy came through his church that was preaching and said um, that the four beasts in Revelation were Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And he thought, nah, man, that don't make sense. I, I'm going to go, I'm going to, I'm going to dive off into this, see if I can figure it out. Because he had a real analytical mind. And he read, the, he read the book of Revelation all the way through 19 times in the next 30 days just pouring through it. Well, of course, he said, you know, God's just going to have to help me figure this stuff out. And over time, God helped him over the next 50 plus years, God helped him to, uh, to be able to interpret the prophecies correctly. And that's what we teach today. Well, he told me, he said, Dave, back when I first started studying this in the mid-60s, he said, I was getting, you know, I was uh, subscribing to m news sources and magazines and going to libraries and stuff. And he said, I had to look and look and look to find something that had to do with Bible prophecy. There were just very few and far between in the news stories. But today, in 2024, what is this, uh, February 5th, you can give me any major news source, and I can find many things that have to do with the fulfillment of Bible prophecy, guys. We're living in the end time. Everything is happening so fast that it's, many things are just happening simultaneously. I mean, we're rushing right towards the second coming of Jesus Christ. And number one, in all of this, make sure you are ready. In, in Matthew 24, Jesus warned over and over and over, Matthew 24 and 25, Therefore be ye also ready, for in such an hour as you think not your Lord doth come. A lot of people, and the Bible, the Bible talks about people that say, oh, I've got years to come. I've heard you guys talking about this for years. I've got years to get ready. Well, Jesus warned about that in Matthew chapter 24 as well. He said, if there be that person that says, oh, I, the Lord's delaying is coming. I've got time. And he starts slapping his brethren on the back and saying, oh, they, and they start drinking wine and get drunk. And, oh, man, we're just, let's have a party. God's... The Bible says God will come for that individual in an hour that he thinks not. So, 
We don't know when the Lord's coming back for sure. We can't narrow it down to a day at this point. And we don't know if nobody listening to me is promised tomorrow. So a number one in all of this, I'm proving over and over and over that we are living in the end time. But my number one thing to you today is, therefore be ye also ready. For in such an hour as you think not, the Lord doth come. I was up in Justin, Texas yesterday, and I talked to them about hell. Now, when, I, when you say the word hell, some people, man, they'll shut you right off. I don't want to hear about that. Other people say, man, I, I, don't, I just don't understand about hell. I don't want to go there, but I know it's a bad place. And other people, I've actually heard people say, man, I can't wait to get there. All my friends are going to be there, and it's going to be a party. And I was like, eh, you're crazy, too. It's not going to be a party. It's going to be eternal hell, fire, damnation, uh, weeping, wailing, gnashing of teeth. Jesus warned us about that over and over and over. Jesus taught on hell more than any other preacher or teacher in the Bible, guys. And there's a reason why he did that. Because there is an eternal place of torment. I don't want to go there. I don't want you to go there. So I don't want us to, uh, we've got to focus on the prophecies. We've got to focus on the good and the positive and this, that, and the other. But in the back of your mind, you've got to know that there is a hell and you don't want to go there. Be ye also ready. Be ready for what? Be ready for the second coming of Jesus Christ. That's when there's going to be this quantum shift. He's going to come back, tear down human governments, establish his government here on the earth. Everybody under the sound of my voice needs to be prepared for his coming. So when the rapture occurs, your feet leave the ground. If your feet don't leave the ground, that's going to be a problem, a big problem. I know there are these movies out about, well, uh, you know, you're just going to be left behind and then everybody's going to wake up and say, oh, I should have gotten ready to meet him. And then they're going to have this miraculous transformation and they're all going to make it somehow, some way. I don't see that in scripture. There is, and the Bible says there will be mortals that live into the millennial reign, but we, we do not know who they are. And we don't know that there's not an age of accountability where people up to a certain age would not be held accountable for the sins but above that, they absolutely would. So I, I had a guy tell me one time that, well, if there's going to be a plan of salvation in the millennial reign, I'll just wait till then to get saved. And I said, well, you got to be kidding me. You're playing Russian roulette with your soul. You're going to make it through World War III, the Great Tribulation, the Battle of Armageddon, the, uh, war, the nuclear war, uh, two nuclear wars, all this stuff, and then you're going to get ready at the, on the other side? I asked my father-in-law about that years ago, and he said, Dave, he said, people getting ready is a heart condition. He said, if they won't get ready on this side, they're not going to get ready on the other side. And I thought, man, Dad, that is so true. And so I'm telling you, while you have a chance, therefore be ye also ready. For in such an hour as you think not, your Lord doth come. I mean, has anybody been to a funeral this year? or more than one. And I, I'm telling you, it, it's just, uh, this life is but a vapor, here and gone. And I, I, don't, I don't like talking about it, but as, as I grew up in my father-in-law, Irvin Baxter's church, periodically God would give him a message on hell. And my father-in-law knew how to hang you over the lip of hell and I scare you to death. But sometimes the Bible says some are saved by fear, some are saved by love, but some are saved by fear. And sometimes 
you've got to get to come to the realization that, hey, this, all, this life just isn't all pie in the sky and, you know, flowers and, you know, cotton balls and it's just all fruity and fluffy. No. Listen, there is an enemy warring for your soul and there are people in Hollywood that are worshiping that mess. This is the world we're living in. Satan has designed Hollywood and movies and these video games and all this stuff where they're ripping people's heads off and stabbing people. And then you wonder why this kid comes out and does some of the things he does or, or why people, there's so much murder and all this rampant, crazy nonsense. It's because people are being programmed to do this stuff. Man, I got to get back on my deal here. But I'm just saying, this, people, we're all smarter than that. But yet people... They know Hollywood's that way, but they'll sit and feed on it night after night after night. And then wonder why they got a twisted mind. Okay. Be also ready, for in such an hour as you think not, your Lord doth come. Next one. Bible prophecy. We've all been warned for a long time about the cashless society. Moving us off of cash onto this digital system so that way they can implement the mark of the beast. Now, they may not even know they're going to implement the mark of the beast, but that's where it's headed. They get everything on a digital platform, the mark of the beast will be easy to implement. So, we've warned for a long time about that there's going to be a cashless society and that it's coming. And, that, and now we have we've reached a point where there are thousands of businesses all over the United States that have already gone cashless. The percent of businesses in the United States that are cashless, accepting more than 95% of their payments using cashless methods, has more than doubled since before the pandemic. Everybody's paying with their phone, their uh, they've got different methods of payment, a card, whatever. Hardly anybody uses cash anymore. So there are many businesses that just went straight cashless. American Airlines. You can go to one of their Admirals Clubs and try to buy a sandwich and, ah, sorry, can't take your cash. No American Airlines uh, exchanges can happen in cash. No. I saw a guy one time go to buy a sandwich. He pulled out a wad of bills and the lady said, I can't take that. And he said, what do you mean? She said, I can only take a credit or a debit card. And he said, wow, this is crazy. And she said, sir, all of American Airlines is like that. So, we're headed right towards, these are all precursors, heading us towards this Mark of the Beast system. Let me ask you another question. Would you allow, understanding the prophecies of the Bible, would you allow someone to put a computer chip in your head? Well, it's really starting to happen. Last week, we learned that the very first brain chip has been implanted in a human subject. Elon Musk announced that his company, Neuralink, had implanted a brain chip in a human, in a preliminary clinical study. If, if research studies continue to look promising, devices look like these could go, could one day be a game changer for people with limited motor functions and these experts have told ABC News. I don't care what happens, I'm not having a, a, a chip put in my head. That's not going to happen. It'll get commonplace in society, and it's going to be easy for them to roll out the mark of the beast. Neuralink says, well, its goal is, its goal is to help people living with debilitating conditions, including paralysis, communicate and control uh, external devices 
with their thoughts. And the patient who received the implant is, on, is recovering well, Musk said. And, but still, you got to think about this. Is this something that I would do? Would you do it? Because there will come a time when they'll say, hey, it's, it's beneficial to this person uh, with this debility, but what about it, the, our banking system? People are losing their cars. We're constantly having to, losing their, their um, little numbers and all these different things. Why don't we just implant it in their hand and be much more uh, convenient, right? Nope, can't do that. Can't, there's two things you can't do. Can't take a, a, a mark of identification on your person. Can't take a mark of identification on your at all, and you can't pledge allegiance to the Antichrist or his world governing system. I know that. That's Bible Prophecy 101. You cannot do that. So, when they start putting these chips in people's brains, man, we're headed in that direction. I can't do that. I cannot do it. You say, yeah, but if it'll help me walk, that's a decision that you'll have to make. Um, you know, I, I don't know how to answer that one at this point because I don't know where the thing's headed. I know where it's all headed, but uh, I, I don't know where those types of situations are. If, if this thing will even play out, I don't know. I mean, right now it's kind of hypothetical. But I know that these are things that we'll have to wrestle with in the future, right? And we've got to be very, very prayerful uh, because I may have some family members that wrestle with these things. And I've, I, I, I want to see them go to heaven. That's number one. I'd like to see them walk, but I want them to go to heaven. And so very, very important. They might eventually tie these chips in your forehead to the mark of the beast. And I, I uh, that's not going to happen with old Dave Robbins. That's not going to happen. So these are just a few things, guys, that I've seen going through the news. I mean, what do all these things have in common? Each one of them shows that the agenda of the elite is rapidly advancing. I mean, we're living in a society that they're that, that designing for their twisted purposes and that represents their twisted values. The elite in most of the world will succeed in creating the world that they so desperately desire, a world governing body meant to control every single person on the earth. However, I will tell you that evil does not triumph in the end. When God comes, he's going to separate the wheat from the tares. He's going to separate the, the harvest of the earth from the harvest of the vine of the earth. He's going to separate the sheep and the goats. He's going to separate the saint and the sinner. And for those that have made themselves ready, man, it's going to be the absolute best day of your life. I mean, you're going to be with Jesus. But for those that have not, you can't be in that situation. I, I, I just refuse to let somebody be in that situation. You've got to be ready. And that's what we will keep preaching until we hear that trumpet sound. Be ye also ready. They that understand what is taking place will instruct many. Except a man is born again, he can enter or see the kingdom of God. I don't care what label you've been given or what label you've given yourself, you are essential. You still matter. This is a journey, and when we get to the other side of that, that's where our prize is, that's where our reward is.
time is not going anywhere. Are you getting it? Are you getting the fact? Do you believe that we are in the end time? It's been preached about for thousands of years. But even back then, the apostle, um, the uh, Paul, uh, John, when he came preaching, he said, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Well, it was at hand for them because it, they, their life was but a vapor. If they lived 78 or 80 years, they're still going to meet Jesus in that state when they passed away. But for us, when we understand all these Bible prophecies, I believe the Lord will come back in my lifetime. So I've got to make myself ready, regardless. If He doesn't come back in my lifetime or not, I believe He will. I think everything's happening so fast, there's, there's, He can't delay the thing for 100 years. He could. He, God can do anything He wants to. But the way everything is happening right now, when they're trying to cram the peace agreement down Israel's throat, and the, the red heifers, and World War III, and everything else that's happening, it's happening so fast that I, I just don't see it could last beyond my lifetime. You say, Dave, you're trying to sensationalize because you're trying to scare me into doing something. The only thing I'm trying to scare you into doing is getting ready to meet the Lord. That's it. That's it. And if I did that and you met the Lord when He comes back, would you not thank me? I would thank me. I'm just saying, I'm, when I get up to heaven, I am going to look up people like Irvin Baxter and Robert Henson and, and a lady named Ruth Rader that helped get me into heaven. And I know that you would too. Well, guess what? I want to be the one of the people that you come up to and say, thanks, Dave, because you told me the truth the whole way through. You didn't sugarcoat stuff. We didn't walk through the tulips every radio program. We are, you helped me get to heaven. Now, that's the goal. All I can do is preach and teach to you, then you've got to make a decision. Do I want to change my life or not? It's the most important decision you'll ever make, guys. It's not the big house you got and the car and all this other. That's, those are big decisions, sure. But the number one thing is, man, am I ready to meet the Lord? So let's continue down through here. Let me, let me mention Ready Pantry real quick. You know, as Americans, sure, we want to believe. If i got time, I'll talk to you about... Uh, them trying to take over our food supplies and stuff, but we want to believe that the grocery stores and things are always going to be there. But we saw a few years ago that the supply chain could quickly collapse and food supplies could diminish. So we pray for the best, but we prepare for the worst, right? I mean, what if there was a way that you could have an affordable sup emergency supply of food? Well, there is. Readypantry.com slash endtime. They offer these amazing 25-year shelf-stable foods including meals for breakfast, lunch, dinner, even dessert, and not to mention the peace of mind that you get knowing you've got an emergency supply of food ready for anything. So Ready Pantry, they're an American-based company with all the products sourced right here in America. You're not going to be disappointed. And, you know, there's many long-term storage food storage companies on the Internet. They're selling stuff that's been sitting on their warehouse for years. Ready Pantry doesn't do that. They deliver the freshest products that have been packaged within just the last couple months of being, and that's what gets delivered to your door. So, Ready Pantry, 
They offer discounts up to 20% off for three to 12 month supplies. Go to readypantry.com slash endtime, use code endtime, and save an additional 10% off, uh, off of your order. Plus there's free shipping on all orders. And you can also stock your pantry with these buy now, pay later options uh, that are available at the checkout by going to readypantry.com slash endtime. Now, the next one I want to talk to you about, we got to talk about the red heifer. Doug and Vince, I think, filled you in on a lot of this last week. But, you know, many people today, they're totally oblivious, totally unaware of the significance of the red heifer in both Judaism and Christianity. Now, for me, it's simply prophetic. I don't need a red heifer to be saved. Never have, never will. We look back to Jesus Christ for our salvation, the ultimate sacrifice. You say, well, why in the world? What's this about the, the red heifer? Well, it's a symbol of purification that's deeply rooted in Scripture and uh, all the way back in the book of Numbers uh, 19 uh, verse 2 down through about 10, maybe a little bit further. And God instructs Moses and Aaron about the ritual purification involving a red heifer. And Byron Stinson, who was over the Red Heifer product, Project, where they found several of them here in the United States, good friend of mine, uh, God has allowed me to be in that kind of, a, in that circle, so I'll know what's going on. I texted him just a few weeks ago, and he said, he said, man, we're hoping to do the purification sacrifice, in, the first one in, on Passover, which is in April of this year. You say, well, who cares about the Red Heifer? I'm a Christian, I could care less. Look, I get it. I do, I don't, I'm looking back to Jesus Christ as, as our Lord and Savior and what He did when He died on Calvary, that was it. That ended the sacrifices. But some Jews are still believe they're under the law and that we still should have sacrifices for the atonement for sin, okay? Now, they need to come into the New Testament, I get it. I'm a Christian, I, we do not need sacrifices. I don't need the rebuilding of the third temple. I don't need the, build, the, the, the implementation of all those sacrifices day and night. I don't need that. I look to Jesus Christ. However, the Bible says that they are going to build a third temple in the very near future. It's very easy. Revelation 11, 1 and 2, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. They're going to build a third temple, guys. And they need a, uh, to, and, and they're going to reinstitute sacrifices. Well, to do the sacrifices, they have to have a red heifer. And because they have to do a red heifer purification sacrifice before they can start the sacrifices up on the Temple Mount. A lot of people have said, well, they've got to have thousands of them if we're going to do them day and night. No. The, they only need one red heifer for the purification sacrifice. After that, they can sacrifice bulls and goats and whatever from, well, it doesn't matter what color they are. Those are different. This is just one purification sacrifice for all of Israel. Anyone who's come in contact with a dead body, they can get enough, enough ashes from this heifer, and there's some different things that um, they can purify Israel. So they can do these sacrifices. Now, they've been trying to do this since back when, uh, about 70 A.D., when the temple was destroyed. They've been looking for a red heifer. Now, of course, since 1948, they've really, 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 really been looking for one. Um, and they haven't been able to do it. My father-in-law worked with a guy over here named Clyde Lott in Mississippi, and, 
Uh, he knew him real well, good friends with him, and he, that guy was working with Temple Institute. They've tried the ranch in Israel. They, the, I remember the original cow, Melody, she developed some white and black hairs. I mean, we've followed this for decades now, but they've never been able to get a true red heifer all the way up into the, uh, uh, beyond two years and one month, into the third year. Well, guess what? They're there now. And Byron has told me that they're trying to sacrifice one on Passover this year, which would be in April. Now, whether they do it or not, I don't know. I'm telling you what Byron just told me. I've got a text telling, him that, telling me that. So, this is preparing the way for the reestablishment of the sacrifices that would, be on, that would occur in the third temple. Now, you understand the significance of all of this because... The Bible says there's a World War III coming. And then the Bible says that there's going to be a peace agreement signed between the Israelis and the Palestinians. Both of these looks like they're almost happening simultaneously as we go along here because uh, the war or the um, United States, the international community is trying to cram that peace agreement down Israel's throat. What, yeah, I've, I've talked to you about where Joseph Burrell and many of these other guys in Europe and in the international community are saying, hey, well, let's, just, let's just force one on them. Let's impose it. And maybe that's what happens. I don't know. But I know that Iran, because Israel was getting ready to uh, sign a normalization deal with Saudi Arabia, many people have speculated that that is one of the main things that brought on the October 7th attack, which put that in the freezer, that normalization deal with Saudi Arabia. So if Israel was getting ready to sign a peace deal with the Palestinians, <coughs> imagine what Iran would do. Iran wants to destroy Israel and to destroy the United States and to drive them out of the United States. So you can imagine what would happen. Maybe that would be the thing that would bring on World War III. At this point, I can't tell which one happens first. Those are the next two things to happen on God's prophetic timeline. But after that, the, once a peace agreement is signed, Israel is going to be allowed to build her third temple. Sharing of the Temple Mount, the Bible says it's going to happen in Revelation 11, 1 and 2. Israel is going to be allowed to rebuild her third temple, and they're going to resume these sacrifices. According to their rituals and their laws, they have to have a red heifer before they can do that. So, somehow, some way, they're going to get a red heifer. I, maybe one of the four that are there now, Maybe they're not the ones. Maybe they're going to spray paint one in the future. I don't know. But the fact of the matter is, they do have four viable candidates today. That has never happened since before 70 A.D., you guys. And now they've got four that are of age. And they're ready to sacrifice one here in April. Now, but you say, oh, Dave, I, you know, I'm still not convinced we're in the end time. Are you kidding? You guys, we are way off into the end time. This stuff, the, the, when you see this stuff happening, the thing's getting ready to wrap up. You say, well, it could be another 10 or 15 years. So what? On the grand scheme of things, I mean, I'm uh, 55 years old. I'll be 70 in 15 years. Maybe, it, maybe it'll wrap up in, I don't know when for sure. I do know that we'll know a lot when we get closer, when that final seven years starts. I mean, the scriptures put the date on that, not me. And I'm telling you, we're coming up to that very, very, very quickly now. You say, man, I don't understand all this. Well, then, here's a book, Understanding the End Time. There's a new DVDs out, Understanding the End Time. It, we've got it all in here. We talk about it every day on the radio. 
the prophecies are happening so fast, it's really kind of hard for us to keep up with all of them. I'll have somebody send me something from New Zealand or, uh, you know, from China, believe it or not. And they'll say, look what's happening in my country. And I'm like, I didn't even know about that. And I'm in, the, I'm in world, local, and national news all day long, every day. And some things I don't catch. Uh, because it might be in some local newspaper. This happened. This CBDC was uh, established. Or just, you know, it's all happening so fast, you guys. And the next two things on God's prophetic timeline, World War III and the Israeli-Palestinian Peace Agreement. Look at what's going on in the Middle East right now. The Sixth Trumpet War, World War III. Revelation 9, 13 through 16. The sixth angel sounded, and I heard the uh, voice from the four horns of the golden altar, which is before God, saying to the sixth angel that had the trumpet, loose the four angels bound in the great river Euphrates, and the four angels were loosed, which were prepared for an hour, a day, and a month, and a year, for to slay the third part of mankind. All four nations that house the Euphrates River, Turkey, Syria, Iraq, and Iran, all four of them are involved in the conflict as we speak. And you can see that, there, uh, that Iran is wanting, because of the lack of um, backbone of the United States to go after Iran, they've said, well, hey, if they're not going to go after us, cool. Let's keep sending terrorist proxies in and bombing Israel and bombing United States installations in the Middle East. Now I just read where there's a possibility that Joe Biden and them are talking about pulling the United States out of Iraq. Folks, it gets crazier and crazier as we go along. Because what would that do? That would, in essence, almost give Iran free reign to Iraq. And, I mean, it just gets, gets crazier and crazier. We're headed straight for World War III. And it's another, it's another thing, another proof that we absolutely are living in the end time. There's no denying it. Whether you understand the Bible prophecies or not, we are living in the end time just prior to the second coming of Jesus Christ. So I would say to you, therefore, be ye also ready. For in such an hour as you think not, your Lord doth come.